This is probably one of the first times I've admitted my age. I think I internalize what I think they might be thinking. But sometimes I remember when I was in my 20s and I worked in television, I worked with people of all ages. Many of them were 40s, 50s, 60s, and I thought they were all cool. Welcome to 50 Not Dead. I'm your host, Cameron Hubian. In this podcast, we make the invisible dramatically visible by exploring the biases, freedoms, challenges, and the power they come from being female and 50. Watch out, world. We're not dead yet. Welcome to 50 Not Dead. I'm so happy you're here, and I am so happy to introduce my guest today. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kristen Falso Capaldi. Kristen is a true Renaissance woman. She is an artist, a screenwriter, an adjunct professor, author, and director. She is also, like many of us, in a period of redefinition and transition. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hey, Cameron. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. You know, we've already had some great conversations, so I know a little bit about you, but will you give us the pleasure of just kind of an introduction of a flavor of who you are? Thank you. Yeah. So as you said, I'm a a screenwriter and a filmmaker. I'm a visual artist. I'm a writer. I didn't really start becoming all of those things until I was right around 43. So I'm just turned 52 in May. So a little shy of 10 years. I went to uh, college for communications and English and ended up working for about eight years in television, local television. And uh, yeah, and I started out as a camera operator in the studio during the newscast. And that, that definitely dates me back to the early 90s because they don't have uh, studio camera operators anymore. It's all automated. And I got to work with a lot of great people back then. I start, Then I became a writer for the promotions and public relations. And then I became a teacher. So I was a teacher in the public school system for quite a long time. And um Around uh, 2013, I was starting to think about leaving teaching and was on my computer looking for uh, a resume (laughs) that I could update. And I found these half-finished short stories, a half-finished novel, and I just just got like this little bit of a rebirth, Um, started writing. I had always wanted to be a writer. And I think... um, you know, other things like filmmaking, I thought about when I was younger, but it was, you know, in the early nineties, when I got out of college, it wasn't as easy to be a filmmaker. I mean, I think today there's with technology, it's just easier for the layman to kind of jump into it. Um, but writing was always kind of the thing. I always had this vision of myself as this author and books and, um, but I had to put that away, you know, and by the time I was in my early forties, I had kind of gotten a little burned out with the public school system. I started looking at resumes, couldn't find the resume, found the writing <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like divine intervention. Like, you know, here's some novels instead, you know? So I started writing, um, again, and I, I started, um, re- writing almost every day and then it was summertime and then summer ended and I would get up at five and I'd write before work. So, from around 2013 to um, just about 2017, I was just doing writing and I was really committed. I got a bunch of short, short stories published. So I I think that gave me a little bit of a burst of um, energy and also confidence, right? Mm. And 
I wrote some novels. I worked really hard to get an agent. Um, meanwhile, I kept teaching. I taught for quite a while. And um, then in 2017, I started painting and then COVID happened in 2020 <laughs> and everything stopped. And I spent some um, quality time sitting with, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book, The Artist's Way. Oh, yes. Cameron. Yeah. I'm, yes. So, I love that. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was, we were all in lockdown. So I, I ordered the workbook because I had read the book and I did the 12 weeks of the workbook mm-hmm. while we were at first in lockdown. And then eventually we were let out of our homes. Um, and that really <laughs> kind of started to get my, my wheels turning in the middle of all that. I was also in a group of friends that we would meet on zoom once a week and we would watch a movie, um, separately. And then we'd get together and we'd talk about the movie on zoom. And one of those friends was my, my friend, Corey, who's a excellent filmmaker. And I had, written a short script, sent it to him. And he said, let's make this movie. So that's how I became a filmmaker. Um, in, in the middle of the pandemic, we started, we shot, um, this short film that I I'm at the moment, uh, I've been to a couple of, well, I've been to one film festival with it and the, yeah, that was here. I live in Rhode Island. So that was really exciting. It was last weekend. And good. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so cool. Oh my goodness. Thank you. It was really fun. I mean, I I've been to film festivals as a patron, but I had never been as someone with a film and it was, it was just exciting to be there with all these other filmmakers and to just discuss filmmaking and how we made our films and what our budgets were and all that kind of stuff and just make friends. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, I've sent my film to a bunch of film festivals and like most things, you get a lot of rejections, but I I've also sent it to places that I want to travel to because I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone. I sent it to, um, yeah, I sent it to Rome and, and, and Palm Springs and Paris and kind of funny. Um, yeah. And so then in, in, after I made my film, um, from there, I actually got some, uh, a couple of actors that were in my film who became really good friends of mine. They were in a feature film during the summer of 2021. And they asked me if I wanted to help with production design, which my response was what's production design. And, uh, it actually is making, um, doing the set decoration, set decoration for the sets and props. Sometimes it involves wardrobe, but with this particular film, it was, uh, props and set deck. And I said, sure. And I did that. And, um, out of that, I got a nice portfolio. So I, Ended, at the end of the summer, I decided I was going to not go back to my full-time teaching job. And it was not because of the production design at all. It was more just because I had done all this soul searching. I'd done the artist way. And I, you know, let's remember it was 2013 when I was thinking about leaving. So right. we got nine, eight years later and I, I just kind of had this epiphany that I needed to follow all of the different artistic um, avenues and just see where they lead me. So I have to tell you that I absolutely love how your 2013 transition started, that you were feeling like there was a change needed looking for the resume, which I can completely, completely visualize what Mm -hmm. my Mac from about that year 
looks like and all of my writings and resumes and all of this stuff. And I love that what you found was, you know, maybe some half-baked resumes or not, but that you found writing and that you followed it. That is, like you said, divine intervention, but also just like this, I would say, reconnection with a part of you that maybe had been kind of squashed down for a while. Yeah, very much so. I look at my 40s um, and now my 50s. I actually feel like I'm really coming into it's, you know, it takes a while. I don't think it's just this one day you say, I'm an artist, you know, but I think you have to develop into things just like you develop in a regular, quote unquote, regular career um, mm-hmm. or job. And I think my 40s and now into my 50s have been one of the best times for me, productive, productivity wise. You know, I just feel like there's been so many interesting things. And I, it all really started with that with that writing in 2013. So I'm really blessed that that happened. Um, I would walk around in my twenties and say, Oh, I'm going to be a writer. You know, (laughs) I'm definitely going to have novels. And, and yeah, I had a lot of ideas, but I think we, we overestimate that decade, the twenties, when we think we're going to accomplish all these things. And I, I see younger people now, um, talking about that and saying, you know, I'm 25, I'm 26, I'm 27. I haven't done anything yet. And I feel like saying, well, where do you think I was? I didn't really do. Your brain just finished kind of developing, right? It takes that time. I think that is a kind of a, you know, introspective revelation and to be able to share with them of like, yeah, at that time we're still forming and yeah, where was I at 25 and, and that you were, you don't have to have it all figured out then. And one of the things in your story that I find just fascinating, and I think our listeners will appreciate is you've made the leap. And I love that in our conversation before, the way that you described part of it was I make shit and monetize it. (laughs) I just love that because it kind of encompasses all of the Renaissance part that how I how I introduced you And, and tell me a little bit about, you know, like you, you said that you, that it was a journey, which I completely agree that any, as you Mm -hmm. get good at anything, right. Whether it's a a specific job or an art or just self-development, it takes time. It doesn't happen like whammo overnight, but deciding to really follow it. How is that feeling inside? Cause I'm guessing it's a mixed bag, but that's just my that's just my gut feeling, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it means it meant a lot to me to be able to walk away from my career, um, to, to focus on this stuff. I mean, as a teacher, I had taught high school for a long time. And then I taught the last four years I taught middle school. So I became really, I was really attached to my students. I mean, I wouldn't say that every teaching experience was perfect and joyful, but I definitely had some wonderful students through the years. I've kept in touch with many of them on, you know, social media and things like that. And I liked, there were things I loved about teaching. I loved coming in in the morning and talking to my students and being, you know, like, what'd you do this weekend? What's going on? You know, that kind of stuff. I, what I didn't like was that it was taking all of the time that I was spending doing that, it was taking a lot of my energy. It was taking a lot of my creativity. Um, 
the job itself had been drained of creativity because the public school system is sort of becoming this cookie cutter thing, which I won't even get. It's a separate <laughs> podcast. A whole separate podcast and a good conversation for a glass of wine or six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I was really blessed. I had great colleagues. I had good principals. I had, um, you know, people, students who were just wonderful, but, but I needed to focus on me. And I think that was what the, the, the tricky part was. And um, the beginning of summer, 2021, we had had a rough school year. We had been in masks all year. It was very, very hot in the schools. Um, we didn't get out till the end of June. So my friend and I, um, not a teacher, but my, my best friend, we, we decided to go down to Florida and just sit at a resort for a couple of days. Nice. So we, we went down to the keys and we were sitting at this resort and, um, I just, on the drive from Miami to the resort, I was asking her questions because she had transitioned jobs kind of more recently. And I said, how, what did you think? And how did you feel? And she was telling me, you know, how it felt. And then when we, by the four days being over, I had spent every morning, I would get up and go get my coffee and then sit by this lagoon on the resort and I would journal. And by that fourth or fifth day, I can't remember how many days we would think we were there five days. And I wrote, I just was like, I'm quitting my job. I'm I'm doing it. I can't tell you exactly. I think I just needed that time, like that quiet time to be away from, you know, all of the things that had been happening. Um, and then, you know, when I got back, I jumped into the production design gig that I had gotten and I started thinking about ways to, um, you know, make ends meet. I was very lucky because I had been doing some adjunct work at the college level. So I had a couple of jobs lined up for the fall. And then I, you know, I got some production design work right away. And, um, for most of the year, I didn't have much production design work, but then last summer, summer, 2022, I was busy the whole summer with production design. So I got, it was nice. It was a nice way to make some money and it was a great way to be on sets. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, my days, are my goal every day is to, as you say, as I said, make shit and then to monetize it because I want, I really love the idea of everything I do kind of goes back to storytelling. So whether it's painting an, a portrait or it's um, writing a script or a novel or, or making a movie, or I've, you know, directed some music videos. I mean, it's always a story. There's always stories behind it. And I, I just feel like this is what I was meant to do. Um, being in television back in my twenties, I think was my way of kind of sneaking in a back door. I, I think they call it, um, Julia Cameron calls it being a shadow artist. I'm not sure if that okay. was her term, but I think that's what I was. And I, I wouldn't give up those days at all because it was a wonderful way to start out my, my professional journey being in this environment with all these other people who were doing other creative things on the side, but we all worked in this TV station. And it was, again, it was before the internet. So there was just, everything was kind of revolving around this place and it was lots of fun. And I still see a lot of those people to this day. And I, we talk about how it was a, just a really fun environment to work in. Um, you know, and then, and then again, as I got older, then teaching became kind of more of a like serious, like <laughs> here I am trying to be a serious worker. I'm, I'm a teacher after all. I don't know if you self-describe like this, but Kristen, you're brave. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're brave. You just did it. And I don't mean just saying I'm going to quit my job and quitting. Cause that's one part of bravery. Mm -hmm. I, I, I fully, I mean, I know that takes guts because it's mm -hmm. hard, 
but also the fact that you just like jumped in that you didn't, it doesn't sound to me like that you waited until everything was perfectly planned. It was, it sounds to me like you're you, like, okay, there's this production that I can do this job. Okay. I'll do that. If somebody wants to make a movie. Okay. I'll do that. It wasn't, it's like, Oh, what is production design or, you know, and, and, and being <laughs> open to just move freely to me, that shows real bravery. And yeah, when I say that out loud, how does that land? Thank, yeah, no, thank you. And I think that's a lovely compliment. And I hope that, I hope that that's what people take from this. Um, I think, I think it was brave in some respects. And I mean, I think the scariest part for me was the part between deciding in front of that lagoon um, in July and calling my, my principal, who was like a really great guy and saying, Hey, <laughs> we have a couple of weeks until school starts and I'm not coming back. <laughs> and I, I had to kind of, I had to take the summer, the rest of the summer to make that final choice and writing the res- a resignation letter, um, calling my principal and telling him the news and then calling and telling the friends that I had made the few, you know, and call and tell everyone, but I told my close friends and, um, it, that was the hardest thing. But once the actual email was sent and the phone call was made, I felt really good. And I felt, I did feel brave. Um, I'm very lucky. I do have, um, a really supportive husband and he talking about timing, uh, timing was the worst possible. <laughs> I mean, there were other times it was the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know that there's plan. ever a good time maybe, but my husband is um, really, he's very talented and artistic himself. He's a, a musician and he had just opened in um, right when COVID hit was supposed to be his grand opening he opened a, a music school in, in Rhode Island, here in Rhode Island. And um, he had, you know, everything was great. The business model was great. He had the location, he had the sign out front and he had posted all over, oh, grand opening, grand opening, open house, come in. And then 2021 March, you know, boom, everything closed down. So he ended up opening his business uh, that summer to a limited number of people with masks and all that stuff. And um so he had started his own business. He was also teaching adjuncts. So he had a little bit of money coming in that way. He's also a web designer. So he was, he was still working with those clients, but he was transitioning. So at the time, while we had saved up a little bit of money because of COVID and we hadn't really gone anywhere for two years, it was probably like the worst. <laughs> it was just like, Hey, I have this great idea. I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But, um, but luckily, I mean, I think he saw, you know, where I was coming from. I mean, he saw this, this, this me trying to kind of emerge out of this, um, this place of me. I was basically trying to juggle everything around my, my full-time job. So I would be, sometimes I would be teaching adjunct at night, um, or online. And, but I would also be 5 a.m. I'm up and I'm writing. And afternoons when I was making my film, I decided I wanted to edit it myself. So I figured out as a kind of like a struck of a leap of faith or something like a, a accidental thing happened where during COVID I was making videos for my students and I was using this the uh, software Adobe Premiere and I started working on um, editing. So I learned how to edit 
just from that. And then I, when I was making my own film, I didn't want to have to pay anybody to edit it. So I edited it myself, but that took months because I had to learn all the little bells and whistles. So I'd be doing that in the afternoons and still trying to go to the gym and still, and trying to make meals on the week during the week. So I'd have healthy food all week. (laughs) I was like, and then we're masking all day and my face is hot and I'm just, it's, (laughs) it was crazy. Well, I mean, kudos to you for giving it your damnedest. What I also really hear that I think is super important for all of us is that even when we're in a day job and granted, what you just described is not optimal, right? (laughs) Like that's a lot to manage and I'm sure it was exhausting. But what I love about it though, is that you, you helped. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that when you found the writing that it kind of found a way to reconnect with yourself, but actually it sounds like you've actively been making sure to fit that in kind of come hell or high water, the artistic part. And I think that, you know, for all of us who have worked traditional jobs, that it's very easy to let all of the other interests go because you get up, you give everything you have to your job, and then you go home and you try and eat healthy or get in a workout or, you know, if you have kids, pick them up or do their things or what do things with them and that kind of thing. And it's really, really easy and common to Mm -hmm. ignore the parts of you that make you, you, I think that, that it is fantastic that you never lost sight of that. And I totally encourage everyone, you know, even if it is, even if you love your job, it's and a, a good friend taught me this a bajillion years ago when I was a complete workaholic. And mm. she was like, you know, Cameron, like, do you entertain much? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, but you love people. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, <laughs> you gotta do something other than work. And so you've really demonstrated, you know, so that you don't become a one-dimensional nightmare, which I was. <laughs> but you really demonstrated that keeping those parts alive was really important. And then again, having a supportive husband, to me, it sounds like when you did your writing, the the Julia Cameron workbook is fantastic. And then when you did that, you continued, you took the break in Florida with your friend, continued to journal, which can be an excellent way of self-discovery. Mm. But that then you, when you made kind of like, okay, I'm making the, I'm making the decision. I'm writing the email that you really like let yourself come into your, come into your own. I mean, I, what I see now is like, wow, all this experience and so much potential and so much drive. Like, I don't have any doubt that you're going to be successful in this area, in, in your chosen area of making shit and monetizing it. And I know that part of that, right, is getting a movie sold and the excitement around that and doing that things and getting your book. I mean, you've been published already for short stories. Mm-hmm. You told me, did you tell me you wrote a book before already? Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a book that my agent is shopping around and I'm actually working on another one. And I, prior to the one, my agent shopping around, I have um, one that, got rejected by everybody, but, but, you know, you, that was, I guess you could say that was the practice one. I don't know. Um, yeah, I got my agent. I actually signed with my agent in April of 2020, which was random because I think at that point I sort of was like, Oh, I don't know this. Maybe I'm not going to get an agent. And, but, um, 
I, you know, I signed with her in April of 2020 and the there's just, you know, that's a whole long road to publishing, but she's, mm-hmm. she's got one novel and then she's waiting for another one that I'm very slowly working on right now, but it's, it's coming along. Um, yeah, no, it was interesting what you said about, and I do think, yes, I think all of these things are, I hope that I, I am a role model. I, I mean, I want to be a role model for, for whoever wants to try stuff. Um, because I think it's really important to just Sometimes there's there's that idea of I need to know what I'm doing before I try it. No, you don't. Just do it. Just try it. I mean, no one. We're not dropping jumping out of a plane. I mean, this is this is we're safe. We're on the ground. We we can do this thing. Um, but I want to say, like, up until about 2013, I think a lot of my, I would say a lot of my 30s and my early 40s were were like my lost years. I I was working as a teacher, and that was really important to me. And I I was I was really giving that my all. I don't have children of my own, but that job was keeping me, you know, kind of in that, in that place. And, and I, besides, I think we probably traveled and we did some stuff while I was in my thirties. That wasn't my best time. I think my best time was once I started writing again in my forties and then to now. So I do think that that's appropriately, um, I don't know, just to make an interesting point for this podcast is that I don't, I wouldn't have called myself a Renaissance woman in, in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there is, I mean, there were some things I did. I, my husband is a musician, as I said, and I used to sing with him. So we used to perform, but we would go like to restaurants and perform for, you know, for a couple of hours and stuff. And we put together, we did put out some music, but I feel like that was not as I think if I was doing that now, I'd be much more confident and I'd be much more, um, I feel good about the music that we were making. I think even though we were making music and we were recording it, I was always kind of like, oh, I'm not a real musician. I'm just, you know, I'm just your wife and I'm singing. And I don't know. I always just had this like weird. <laughs> and then, but but honestly, if you did, if you said to me now, let's record some music, I would be totally more like, yeah do that well, it's so much easier <laughs> oh my god damn you just get cooler by the moment I mean <laughs> you sing too oh my goodness thank you that, for saying that I never I, I don't know if I internally think I'm cool but I don't think anyone else thinks I'm cool. <laughs> oh my god Kristen, <laughs> the things that you do and your passion you're cool behind me is the, is my art area because there's not a ton of space in this house. So my dream, um, someday above my garage, I want a, a full art studio. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Someday oh, when it's, I'm going to make shit and monetize it. And then <laughs> we are, we are going to help you get there. I hope that, um, that people, I mean, this, that this helps get your name out there. I know that, um, you know, just to let people know, you can get in contact with Kristen and you can see what she does. She has a website and it is KristenFalsoCapaldi.com. And she's also on Instagram um, and it, as Kristen Falso Capaldi. And I think that, you know, have a look at her work and get in touch with her. I mean, if this, if what she's doing speaks to you, like, please reach out to her because she is amazing. And you're going to be another one of my fabulous people that I will get to say, Oh my God, I knew her when I interviewed her. I interviewed her before she was like super famous. 
<laughs> so oh, thank you. And I love well, being on your show. I've listened to every episode and every guest has been so inspiring to me. Well, thank you so much. This is, I mean, this is very fun work and it is really, I mean, I find it, you know, to, to speak with somebody, I mean, we're all going on different paths, right? We're all in our different, it, our different moments. And some, uh, some of us are yeah, really clear. Some of us are in that period of feeling like, oh my God, 50 and, and society is saying I'm done mm -hmm. and I don't feel done, but I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to stay relevant. And, you know, and everybody is different. And actually that leads me back um, before we wrap up is that mm -hmm. I really liked something that you said I in one of our conversations together about how you feel about ageism, mm -hmm. you know, and staying your age or not. And what you actively do to stay relevant. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, as far as ageism, I think this is probably one of the first times I've admitted my age. Um, and I was really impressed because you told me on the phone that, I, yeah, I don't say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not um, embarrassed by it or anything, but I, I do have because I'm sort of getting into new and interesting fields um, where there are a lot of people of different ages, many of them younger than me, I think I internalize what I think they might be thinking. Um, but sometimes I remember when I was in my 20s and I worked in television, I worked with people of all ages. Many of them were 40s, 50s, 60s. And I thought they were all cool. You know, I had no, I don't remember being like, oh, that person's old. Um, you know, I just, I don't remember having those feelings about people. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I think it's a good, it's good for me to, to say it. Um, so yeah, that's mostly where I felt the ageism is more, I think on my, uh, what I think people are thinking, which is never a healthy thing. I know that you have a practice of keeping connected with younger people. Oh, right. In your, yeah. in your art, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of different aged friends uh, and also colleagues and connections. And I think I do think that's a really important thing. I don't I don't buy into that whole, you know, well, millennials are this and and um, the boomers are cranky and the and the Gen Z's are whatever that we say the Gen Z. I mean, I don't. I see a lot of that on TikTok and you know people making fun of the different generations. And I, I don't really, I, I don't buy into that for the most part. I mean, I feel like we all can learn from each other, and and especially if you're willing to to keep trying things, and which I am. I mean, I've always loved learning new things on computers. So for me, learning how to edit was not that hard as far as I just had to be patient and learn the little things that I couldn't figure out on my own. I'd have to just kind of jump over to YouTube. And thankfully we live in this world where we can YouTube pretty much anything. Um, <laughs> put together a rocket, you know, um, yes. I don't know if I'd get it to Mars, but I could probably figure it out. The that's, that's part of it. And then just being on these movie sets that I've been on, especially this summer. I mean, I worked with directors who were my age, but I also work with directors who were 22, you know, and being with people who are of, of, of younger age than me, they, they, they bring this like energy to the table and they have all these really interesting ideas. And then I feel like my contrib contribution is just that I, 
I'm, you know, not only am I keeping myself relevant, but by being on, um, on top of the technology and on top of what we're talking about, but I'm also somebody who has a lot of creativity and I have a lot to offer them too. So, and my life experiences too. I mean, I think the other thing is the reason why I didn't write the novels in my twenties and thirties is I just, I had to process all the stuff that was happening back then. And now the stories are pouring out of me because I'm revisiting things that happened in my twenties, thirties, forties. You know, one other thing that you mentioned in terms of connections that I thought was really, really cool. You were talking about when you had this opportunity to take your film to the Rhode Island Film Festival last mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. Oh, I shouldn't say last weekend because by the time this airs, it might not be last weekend, but Correct, you took right. your film to a film festival and that you had this opportunity and took this opportunity just to talk to other filmmakers mm-hmm. and to share information. And one thing I don't know if you see as a thread, but one of the things that I see as a thread is that you have done a really good job throughout your life. It sounds like of finding your people and staying in contact with them. And that is such an important thing for all of us as we navigate uncertainty is to, you know, one thing we can always do is continue to connect with people that are doing things that are interesting Right. And, and right. finding your people in terms of like, okay, I want to learn this thing, but I don't know how, or I'm brand new and let's share information together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is, you know, is it's a skill and it's also, you know, comes really natural to some people and not very natural to others. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you've done a really good job of that. Well, I've, I've definitely learned over the years. And I think as we, I think you, you and one of your guests started the term, uh, the phrase rise in age. I love that. As we rise in age, um, I think we really need to curate our friendships, our connections, our um, colleagues, uh, whatever it might be. I mean, I, it sounds, I don't know if that's a great word to use curate, but I was thinking about you can't have negative people that don't share your vision or that don't at least support your vision. I mean, maybe you could deal with them in your twenties, but it's, we're done. We're done with that. So we need to have, I I feel very strongly about that. And when I was at that festival, the scene festival here in Rhode Island, I, I, I felt like as I was connecting with various people, um, I just, I would, you know, think to myself, I'm more than willing to help them with anything they might, you know, if they have questions or they need help. And I felt the same way about the people I was meeting because I tend to be a pretty good, uh, have a good sense of people. So I just, you know, I really love that. I love that about as we rise in age, we can find, um, definitely find your people. I mean, I, I feel like I've always had a pretty good sense of that, but I'm much more strongly, um, in favor of curating those relationships. I actually don't find anything wrong with the term curate relationships. I think it's lovely. And I think that it is such a good practice. I mean, I haven't, I haven't used that term curate, curate relationships. And I bet that that one will now catch on. I'm going to have to tell Kat that her rise in age has now had a repeat. I think it's so cool. Oh, I love that she said that because I think that's, that's a nice way to phrase it in a way that we're not we're not growing older. We're, we're becoming 
who we were meant to be. And I think there is, there's this, I don't know if it's attributed to David Bowie, but there's a quote out there that I, it's pops up on my social media every so often about getting older is, um, the process where you find out something like you find out who you're supposed to be, or you finally become who you're supposed to be. And I love that. And I love David Bowie. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a great idea that we're not, we're not irrelevant. I mean, that's the, the complete opposite. We're not irrelevant. We're, we're becoming who we were always inside. And I know like one thing I'll say in my twenties and thirties, I used to have these recurring dreams. And I since have realized a lot of people have this dream. It wasn't, it wasn't just me having this dream, but I would be in a house or my, it was sometimes of my house or sometimes of someone, a house that was supposed to be mine in the dream. And I would walk through a door and all of a sudden discover all these extra rooms. And it's, if you actually Google that, there's a ton of people have that dream. And the interpretation is you're, there's parts of yourself that are just not discovered yet. And I, I very once in a while, I'll still have that dream, but I never have it the way I used to. I used to have it all the time. And I would find these rooms and be like, Oh my goodness. There's all this like space. Uh, I could make this and I can put this here. And um, I do think that's, that's sort of telling because I think I finally kind of opened all those rooms, you know, I thought for a long time, it was just me having that dream. And then when I Googled it, I realized it's kind of a common thing. Well, yeah. Why would you think anybody else had it? Right. I mean, like (laughs) we have no idea. I think it is, but I love that. I love the message and that that it happened when you were younger, much more regularly and prominently. And that Mm -hmm. now maybe the doors have been opened and maybe there are more, maybe you'll start having the dream a little bit more as you go further into this yeah. creative territory. Um, you'll have to keep us posted. I will. <laughs> I will keep you posted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kristen, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation and I so enjoy knowing you and I'm excited to see what you continue to create and how you evolve Thank you for being on the show. And as I had said earlier, if people would like to get in touch with you, they should go to your website, which is kristenfalsocapaldi.com or find you on Instagram at kristenfalsocapaldi and, and, and have a look and see what she's doing. Are there any last words that you want to part with? And, and if there aren't, if we've covered everything, that's totally fine too. I mean, thank you so much, Cameron. I mean, it really was a pleasure to be on the show. I really, really enjoyed it. And again, I've watched, I've listened to, sorry, I've listened to the other episodes and really just so inspired. Um, I guess my, my final word is just don't be afraid to try things and don't, don't wor- wait until you're ready because you'll never be ready. So just try it, try it. You think you might want to try painting paint? Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have a story that you would like to share, or if you have something that you'd like to discuss, please feel free to get in contact with me. And you can do that by going to my website, which is CameronHuban.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram as well. And I would love to hear your story. And believe me, I am talking to women who are not dead yet. Thank you. If you'd like to share your story or your ideas on how to move this discussion forward, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact me. 
at Cameron at CameronHuban.com or visit my website, www.CameronHuban.com.